0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Canaan and Rinse podcast, Volume 10, Issue 500. And today, on this momentous number of shows, we're going to talk about Outer Wilds. Joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue are Chris O'Regan.
1: Any landing you can walk away from is perfectly fine.
0: <laughs> Good point, even if your ship's in two pieces. Uh, Joshua Garrity. Hello there. And Thomas Quilfelt. Hello. Mhm. Uh Outer Wilds is a celebrated first-person time loop exploration puzzle and story game set in a working but imminently doomed 3D solar system. Reasonable?
1: Yeah. Well, universe Good. really. <laughs>
0: well, yes. Spoiler warning. Uh <laughs> perfectly timed there. That's all right. Spoiler warning. Uh this game is almost certainly best played when you don't know so much about it, if you haven't played it, I would recommend playing it before listening to this show, although, having said that, I know there's a lot of people that aren't that spoiler reverse, and also listening to a show like this can often be the the lighting of the touch paper, can't it, to to go and uh, tackle that game in your backlog if uh, if we're enthusiastic about it and we, we may be or we may not be, we'll see. But anyway, it is a game that can be spoiled in terms of story. And not just story, but moments yeah. and occurrences and events. To this, we have Pekun Pie from our forum who says, I had a problem with expectations for Outer Wilds. I was made aware of it by end of year lists for best games of 2019, in which a lot of people said it was their top game, with some even saying it was one of their favorite games of all time. I also had some of the more spectacular moments spoiled in these write-ups, which would have been more impactful if I didn't know they were coming. Since the game is about discovery and exploration, it would benefit someone playing it with no knowledge of what it's about. I came in thinking it was going to be an all-time game and wound up a little disappointed by those expectations. So here we go. Back to pre... Well, I guess 2019 at some point. I can't remember when this game was announced exactly or how much build-up or fanfare there was to it. But Josh... Were you aware of the, the buzz before it arrived? Were you there on day one, or did it take a little while for that, uh, that definitely tangible excitement to start buzzing around social media and whatever else?
2: So, very, very minor disclaimer. Um, I did encounter the Outer Wilds um, as part of my job. Uh-huh, um,
0: of course. So, Did you, did you reject it? no 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 no, no. <laughs> um, that would be quite an admission. <laughs>
1: for for that's the case he would no longer be <laughs> I, I don't think i would
2: have the job if i rejected this yeah, um, fired into yeah space. <laughs> that would be insane <laughs> um uh no I, I i saw the game at a very very early stage mm. um and um it, it, a lot of what you know what people have come to love about the game like the soundtrack and some of the the art direction wasn't in there but they the the spaceship and and everything else the physics that was there um so from that encounter that didn't end up with me working professionally with these developers um i put it on my list of i i've got to keep an eye on this um this is this is exciting this is interesting um and yeah the the more you know stuff came out about it like it when it went public um it um obviously was in a much more polished much more like they they had the art direction in place they had the music yeah. in place so it was just the more i saw of it the more exciting it got um and then the reviews hit and you know i i'm a slave to um word of mouth um for better or worse um and all of that positivity from particular people. I, it wasn't universal. I, I, this game does um, divide uh, divide yeah. people to a degree, but certain voices were singing its praises, and, and I wanted mm. to dive in day one. So I, I absolutely smashed this game, um, year of release, um, and then um, I've played and completed the DLC, which came out yeah. this year as well.
3: What, what platform
2: did you dive in on? Uh, PC, so the Epic Game Store.
0: Right. So you've played this at the uh, the higher frame rate version. Yes. Correct. <laughs> yes. Right, uh, Tom. Whereas uh, you, I believe, if I recall correctly, you borrowed a friend's Xbox One. Yeah, because so, this was a console exclusive. Like Josh,
3: I am no, uh, I, I, I cannot resist the mouth hype. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think it wasn't even near Game of the Year time
0: yet so so i'm a playstation guy mainly i don't have a sony a... pony as we like to say on this show because we're very into the whole uh <laughs> the whole single I'm format i'm wearing Zealotry. a blue
3: t-shirt right now no no not really it's black right um so so yeah i don't have a pc i don't have an xbox or um not that i'm averse to them but just that's just the way it is so it was a bit disappointing to kind of hear this amazing hype and i and i was Really intrigued by the type of hype it was getting from the types of people, um, mainly I guess American podcasters, but you know, but also people like Danny O'Dwyer and, and quite specific people whose taste I trust. Anyway, I'm very lucky to have uh, friends fairly local who are big gamers who kind of tend to have the stuff I don't like a Wii U to to play Breath of the Wild. I borrowed from them, and I borrowed uh, an Xbox One S to specifically for this game i think that's definitely the first time i've done that for an indie game um such was the strong word of mouth and i signed up to the game pass trial it did not run particularly well on the xbox one s but um i think you know like any game you kind of get into it and and you get over the controls a bit um and the frame rate and everything and you sort of settle into it and i didn't manage a completely blind playthrough because I felt like I was up against the clock a little bit, so I did lean mm. on a guide a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kind of wish I hadn't. It yeah. did spoil it a touch the first time round, and then, um, but I beat it. You know, fell in love with it to a large degree, and have been raving about it since. And then, I recently played uh, a full second playthrough on PS Five. So uh, yeah, and, and really loved that. So so that was a couple of weeks ago, and here we are,
0: right now. Chris, how about you?
1: Pax East twenty nineteen was when I first saw this game, um, and which is quite late in its life because it's actually quite much much older than that. Uh, it was yeah, when, uh, it had
0: already been in development for quite some time, yeah, as we'll talk about.
1: Yeah, but I actually saw it its final form. If <laughs> uh, I say final form, I mean. I hadn't, released one until may because it was about two months before it's released then that i played um played it and uh really drawn by it but uh not the best place to demo a game in an expo got to say so i went okay i'm gonna part this in my brain but this felt like familiar again notes here and like it, but it felt familiar uh, in some respects and also unfamiliar in others um, and uh, I, I went to Brittle Hollow, I remember going into that it and just diving into the black hole and going, OK, now I'm on the other side of the solar system. But it's strange, but I was still really, I felt it had its core DNA in pure adventure games. Um, and I love those. So I did finish it in Christmas 2019 on my Xbox One X, uh, which uh, ran perfectly fine um not surprisingly i
0: don't remember uh well i do do remember this coming out and i remember the praise um i don't remember exactly when i got on board with thinking that i was definitely going to play it there was never any great intent i think i sort of automatically and immediately filed it away as a i'll play this for the podcast someday kind of game and so i have been saving it since then obviously during that time and especially nearer the time spending any amount of uh, time on social media meant that I did have a few little elements kind of not spoiled, but suggestions that got into my head. Uh, And I also provided some voice work for Jacob Geller, formerly of this parish's video on the game, which uh, I noticed today has nearly half a million views now, uh, which is clearly the place that I've been heard the most, even though uh, no one knows who I am on that video. But um so again like certain elements of it I I saw but actually coming into it finally to to play it properly for the show a few weeks back there was lots about it that I didn't know and still lots of experiences and and surprises uh but having that time limit in a game plus a real world deadline was not conducive to the best playing experience in in my in my experience I found it um as much as I'm I'm in awe of the game in many ways uh, it was a little bit stressful at times, and that's a shame. Um, but obviously, that's a rod that I've made for my own back. But it did mean that in the end, I did have to kind of lean on a guide a bit to, to nudge myself through certain windows. So the developer is Mobius Digital from LA in the USA, and it was published by Anapurna Interactive. Charles Honor emailed us. Can you believe it? I just adore this game. Those 22 minute maximum loops, you just get drawn in and after a slight learning curve with controlling the spaceship, each loop tells its own story. For an indie studio to make a game with so much love and craft, the music is just out of this world. It it feels like a high-end in-house Nintendo game when it clicks. I'm sure Alex Beach will be pleased to Hear that? I still haven't finished it and must have put around 30 hours in. And that is not including the DLC, which I will purchase when this beautiful, unique mystery is put to bed. I kind of don't want it to end. Those moments of isolation, pure wonder and awe. It's one of those very rare games where I find myself inching towards the television screen completely absorbed and I can give the game no higher praise. If anyone has played and not gotten past the controls, I would urge you to start again. This is a uniquely moving game where you feel how finite everything is, and it is a game of truly deep reward. Mm.
1: Technically, it doesn't end, does it?
0: (laughs) Hey! (laughs) You could put it that way. You could put it that way, Uh, yeah. I was going to say, I did have a quick look at my uh, post-game Xbox stats, and as I say, I I really painted myself into a corner time-wise and things like that, but uh, my... Time to complete the game was around thirty hours, mm. obviously with assistance. And I think it said something like sixty-eight loops that I'd done. I think I think that's one of the stats it keeps. Uh, but I have no I think to play this purely honestly, if like if you were somebody who was gonna I don't know, if you had a streaming a good streaming audience and you streamed it for them and you said, I'm not gonna look up anything and I don't want any help in the chat, I think the game the total time for this could be anything, depending on how smart you're feeling yeah like hundreds of hours potentially and the to dlc solve is chunky
3: is really chunky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh too. yes
0: mm-hmm. welcome to the space program says the blurb on steam you're the newest recruit of outer wilds ventures a fledgling space program spro- program searching for answers in a strange constantly evolving solar system what lurks in the heart of the ominous dark bramble who built the alien ruins on the moon can the endless time loop be stopped answers await you in the most dangerous reaches of space what's interesting about that though is when you start the game you don't really know a lot of that stuff because you just you're you're this uh, i mean you you fairly quickly work out that you're one of this uh, this race of uh, genderless four-eyed aliens who live on this cozy little forest planet and it just so happens that you the, the game starts on the day that you're supposed to uh, join the rest of your fellow explorers from this planet and go into space you don't know no what happens after 22 minutes that like that that there is no indication no nobody is aware well,
1: that's that's a that's a facet of what happens when you 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 it's it doesn't it's not present when you wake up initially exactly it doesn't yeah. you know that 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 loop doesn't kick in because you you know later on you found that that loop's been installed by the oh my um as as a a mechanic to to fix things quite work well it did it didn't it did eventually uh but yeah you're right it's that whole 22 minute thing the loop thing doesn't occur until you have a look at that statue the statue looks at you
3: yeah i i actually think this game starts relatively poorly Mm. i think i think there's something about the chunkiness of the the chunky indiness of the graphics and, and depending on what platform you're playing on, maybe not the greatest frame rate. Even on PS5, which is still the PS4 version, I admit, is the, the look is a bit sluggish, the actual left stick look. It's just it's just a bit clunky. But yeah, I was I was a little yeah, I was a little downbeat on it to in the very first like twenty minutes. Just controls and everything, but obviously that, that all got turned around for me later. Once you become aware of the incredible complexity of the simulation and just the astounding, brain-boggling kind of design of it all, I, I, I forgive everything retrospectively after that point because I'm like, well, of course this tutorial area is is a bit clunky. And of course, you know, it, it, the frame rate's low because you've got loads of trees and people and stuff and, like that you just don't have in the rest of the game. So, So I can see how they arrived at that kind of starting area but i think when you're completely cold and you are starting yourself it's not necessarily the smoothest and best start to a game and it doesn't
1: reflect the rest of the game that's the thing it's the the experience there in that village is so antithetical to the rest of where else happens you know i mean you can't compare
3: that to um
1: what happens in the 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 ash twins you just can't it's so different
3: yeah, I, I yeah. mean that maybe speaks to the game being these separate things put together, to a certain extent. These separate planets. Yeah, I I, I do think uh, it's it's something that
2: on returning to it, it, I appreciate that the character has a home and a there is a culture yeah. to the Harfians. Yes. There yeah. is a yeah. a community and. You know a shared love of exploration and stuff like that and the further you get into the game i think the more you come to like lo- you know maybe not love characters right I d- they're all you know thin sketches right but you come to love the people you come mm. to love the culture the the society um so yes uh, i i do tend to agree with tom it is a little bit clunky I do appreciate its presence once the game starts to put its you know its yeah. best foot forward um because I think your character needs to be rooted in like the space travel that you're doing has to be rooted in a particular perspective, and I am just so glad that it's not from like a colonial let's mm. you know take over this planet kind of perspective. it's just the joy of science, the joy of exploration. The joy of the unknown. I I do appreciate it being framed in that way.
3: Yeah, and it's of course you know the game benefits from contrast, having this kind of yeah um this kind of uh, folksy homely starting village with these kind of non-threatening aliens completely contrasts with whatever the heck those things in Dark Bramble are, or just the look of Dark Bramble, and then of course even more so with the DLC. And the uh, owl bird, creepy, antlered, crazy, murderous, weird people. Um, Inhabitants,
0: I believe they've been dubbed, but Inhabitants. I don't know if that's. Uh, yeah, yeah, so
3: so so you know, just starting with the Harthians, and then seeing those, even those pictures on the wall in the DLC with the glowing eyes, that contrast is is everything. You know, sells it completely. I think.
1: Yeah, mm. that's so the three different peoples, and out of the three of them, I found a no my very naive. Their the conversations, everything they have is like just the quest for knowledge at the expense of not everything else, but almost everything else. Yeah, uh, but they're they're quite naive and they're quite. I I I've always to them. I found them very pleasant, but also like you know, jarringly naive. Whereas the the hearthians that you come across as just pioneers. That's that's their thing, isn't it? And they definitely have that ethos behind them. Like you know, the making uh, um, a lot out of very little. That's what i found mm. with the Arthians. Uh, the, the, the inhabitants, as you call, they're just murderous, nasty people.
3: <laughs> well, the, they... <laughs> That's not, well, true. They're, That's they're, not they're true. true. That's not
1: true. But they're, they, they, yeah, they're, they're, zealots. Uh, they're zealots. They're zealots. They're zealots. They're absolutists. Yeah,
3: yeah. You know, whereas the, the Nomai... I think of the Nomai less as naive and more as, like, um, kind of ruthlessly paternalistic... But, yes. in a, but in a but in a in a way that they they love science they're giddy at the thought of getting to invent yeah, something yeah. something new and incredibly complex yeah um yeah. and and you have these different you know shades of humanity i i'm getting a bit i don't mean to go this deep actually here but no, that's all right. you that's do fine. get you do get those different sh- sides of humanity because you've got the kind of the the pioneering curiosity of the Hearthians, you've got the paternalistic know all's kind of scientific absolutism of the of the no mai and how disastrous and world ending that can be and you think of the nuclear bomb and blah 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 and then you think about the kind of religious zealotry of the inhabitants and how they just cannot let other people have access to to this thing they're so afraid they're just bound up in fear that it, it is an organizing factor for them as a society to just completely shut something down um, and those could you know, you could say those were three sides of, of of human society that
0: that it's interesting to to explore, and of course, another aspect that sets the scene and the tone is Andrew Pralo's contribution, which is the music. There's some uh, suitably homespun sounding stuff. And in fact, the music of the Harthians ends up infusing the entire experience, yeah. right. Uh, until it, it becomes the soundtrack to the end of the universe. At the end, uh, one anecdote from the documentary that I really liked was the fact that uh, he recorded one of the, the hero instruments of the piece is the banjo. He recorded his first track of that at the start of his commission for the soundtrack of this game, seven years prior to the final banjo <laughs> track that he overlays so you've actually got a kind of time loop of your uh, <laughs> uh, of of music with uh, with an old you know i mean and and this is uh, andrew pralo seems a pretty young guy in his 20s i guess so 7 years uh out of his life is a significant chunk for mm. him to uh, to have contributed
3: yeah. he met the the other guys at the university of southern california as well and he was on like the right. composition program and he was doing a class on game design mm. and they came in as kind of game designers from elsewhere in the in the school and stuff so that is how they met but he has done other stuff but he he reminds me a bit of darren korb where Mm. there are these indie games where you get someone who's a composer who's able to be there from the very beginning or more or less the beginning um and shape the score as it goes along and then the developers fall in love with the score because they've heard it very early and Mm. then in the best possible way, the music becomes a game mechanic, and it' not just any game mechanic. It becomes this incredibly emotional thing, even before you get to the ending, the idea that you can use the signal scope to just look to the other side of the solar system, which I find terrifying, the idea that yeah. there's this sound source 10,000 kilometers away, um, and <laughs> Uh, but but the, this track, where all of these instruments are multi and playing, uh, uh, constantly playing, and you have the different parts, and each each um, Harthian is playing a different instrument elsewhere in the solar system. I find that yeah. a very romantic. A, yeah. a brilliant yeah, yeah. way kind of
0: to... beautiful and sad exactly yeah. and and it's this uh i mean i think the sheet music for the main theme is literally about two bars long it's incredibly it's and, a and really, yeah and really it's short... uh,
3: and and the other skill of andrew Pralos is to write a ditty and i think it was the first thing he wrote the first piece he wrote for the whole game was the the intro stuff yeah that is so stuck in my mind yeah. oh you know yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah. who played and enjoyed this game probably people who didn't like this game maybe don't enjoy it quite so much but it's such yeah. a brilliant motif yeah, yeah. um yeah, and
1: it, it, it contrasts so well to the no my sort of um the escape spooky pod, stuff yeah. Um, spook, yeah they're like when you lock yeah. on today it's so alien like, oh yeah yeah. Just, that's well, that's I mean, really
3: spooky and creepy. And, like, and it oh. pays off. And and, and does, that yeah. simple riff pays off at the very end of the game oh, with yeah. the final oh, yeah. blowout. And he has Big this style. enormous yeah. kind of wall of sound as the whole yeah. universe. And and I find that quite brilliant. And he is no slouch in the kind of ambient electronic... Like, some yeah, of the, yeah. the biggest scary, like mm. unsettling environments of the game are because he lays this... Oh. inside the dark really bramble for sure. really yeah. unsettling like when yeah. you're standing on the you know that the nomai use these um things to have conversations over large distances and it shows like you stand on the i can't remember what it's like the projection things and then it it will show you a projection of yeah yeah Where um, you put a
0: projection stone on a yeah and if, d- you, a if you discover and, yeah.
3: the ash twin one that is a really scary thing to see when you don't understand yeah. what you're looking at. And his music there um, is is so creepy. So so and and the yeah. sun, If you land on the sun station, they've got this amazing. Amb- so yeah, I think it's a, I think it's an absolute like an indie masterwork. It is and because it's yeah. more I, than just the music; it's woven into the game. The,
1: yeah, the end of the twenty-two minute, That that when the, when the bars kick in, I I do when depending on what I'm doing.
3: I'm going, no, no,
1: yeah. not now, <laughs> not now. I've just found the thing, and uh, yeah, but those, those, so I, and exactly. the yeah. first
0: time, the first time you hear that, you don't even know what it signifies. No, uh, no, you no, don't. I know. And, and, and talking yeah. about how Alex Beecham specifically cites Wind Waker and Skyward Sword. Well, it's actually, of course, Majora's Mask, which this absolutely speaks to. it's a, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's a total tribute to the to the end of the third day musically and what happens
2: just to speak to one last point on the music sure i think you know the whole um combining uh folk and cowboy you know style music with space is nothing new mm. um but i love the way that they use um folk music to build a bridge between the concept of the campfire and looking out into the stars yeah because there's uh, and the dlc really i mean quite literally when you stare into a fire in the dlc you 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 look inward but like there, there's like you know when you look into look into the fire you're looking inward when you look out into the stars you're looking outward mm. and how those are two incredibly important things for the development of human culture yeah. of the imagination and the want to explore beyond the bounds of what is possible in the here and now um and that that folk music you can't do that like like there's i feel like there's only one style of music where you can picture both of those things at the same time like look you know lying on lying on a field and and staring up into the stars and being gathered round you know gathered round a campfire with your friends staring into the fire with some marshmallows you can't do that with a Hans Zimmer style score. You no, can't no. do that you've with, got
3: to do it you know. with an
0: orchestral score. Yeah. So it's, it's but you've got can to be. With this. It's got yeah, to be more intimate and yeah, timeless. And, and yeah, uh, uh, organic, I suppose. But, then,
3: but yeah. then he's also got the skill to, to do the otherworldly alien stuff as well. and Absolutely. Creep yeah, yeah. me the F out.
0: Yeah. The actual sound design for the game is exemplary too, from my point of view. Mm. Uh, just everything, the rattle of the spaceship and the sound of the booster and the breathing of mm. your little hatchling as i believe he's sometimes referred to yeah yeah um the the sort of the the choices of uh sounds for stones and uh the moving of devices and things like that everything I, yeah i can't think of a sound in the game that i thought oh i would have gone with something different there It's always a good sign to me like yeah even stuff like the 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 crack the crack of the uh, the crack of your uh, of your ship's uh, yeah. cockpit, yeah. or or your, or when or you your land, he- space helmet. You
3: land yeah. heavily, and there's just this yeah. w- you just wince, and you're like, it's like this yeah. kadump, and you're like, yeah. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I,
2: what I think about is Giants Deep when mm. you happen to be mm-hmm. on one of those islands that gets shot oh, up into yes. the sky. The real the like the sense of weight and. Um, mm. And gra- like, sorry, gravity of like what's going on. <laughs> what it is um, is uh, is really palpable. Yeah. yeah, it like the thing that this game sells through its uh, aesthetics. Uh, it, it pulls the Jurassic Park trick. I like to call it mm-hmm. of of simultaneously conveying the wonder. Of what you're seeing and the beauty of what you're seeing while also making you feel so fragile and, tiny. and so tiny <laughs> yeah. compared to the forces of nature that you're confronted mm. with and that because space doesn't care about you right mm-hmm. it, it, it's no there's no matter apart from maybe some creatures that you encounter later on. But yeah. Giant's Deep is a good example, right? Like, there's no malice. There's no, no. actual negative feeling towards you. It's just so powerful, and so um, uh, the scale of it is not something that you can deal with as a puny, puny Harfian mm-hmm. that it is just inherently scary. It is, like, yeah. It, it re- Yeah, regardless of the intent of what's going Going on. Going into
3: the core for the first time, you get sucked under the waves. Yeah. And you Mm. just see these red jellyfish and the the electricity below you. And you just, it freaks me out. It still freaks me out. Even second playthrough, having done it before, I am just terrified of being in that space because it's like, it's dangerous above, it's dangerous below, but there's nothing coming to get me. You know, yeah, yeah, It's all in. It's all in me. I feel it in my chest. Literally, the whole it, it, front of my chest it, tightens up. You it's know. the I shouldn't be here. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. you say you, you say the scale. The scale yeah. is interesting, isn't it? Because this is a, like a pocket solar system. It's a, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is incredibly small. For but what yeah. when you get there, yeah.
0: there's some really clever tricks being played with mm. with numbers behind the scenes even stuff beyond what they go into in, in the no clip documentary about, they talk a little bit about it, how the, you know, the, 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 the systems work within the game and how they become like fundamentally, all of the systems are working at all times. So the, the, the clockwork of the solar system is constantly working. But as you get closer to a specific planet, everything else is dialed back to a simpler form. Outside of what you're seeing, and obviously everything that's relevant to you, so you, yeah, it's kind of it, it's a it's a mind scramble in itself, just going from you know blasting off from where you start, you blast off dozens and dozens of times. You go into space, you travel for you know as we've talked about mercenary 2 with its time dilation. Well, I guess there's something it, although it doesn't make a big deal of it, there's something like that going on here, even though the solar system is tiny. You can see this little circle, whatever it is, or shape, whatever planet you're going to. And then within seconds, you're there. Uh, the game lets you get from place to place very quickly. And then before you know it, you've touched down. And mm. suddenly this whole place is sprawling out before you. And in the case of um, Brittle Hollow, it's got this entire, it's got cities inside it and mm. and steps yes. and flights of stairs did, and did, cave you- systems and a black hole. I'm in a black, black hole.
3: The scale, I mean, that is brilliant. We should come back to that in one second. The, the scale, though, is interesting. You think about Shadow of the Colossus and, like, the final Colossus or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you think about scale in video games being about tall buildings, right? You're at ground level and you're looking up. And yes, what's so different about this game is that you're talking about spheres. You're talking about mm. bodies, celestial bodies. So when you're on, on the sun station... You, the sun feels massive, yeah. even if it is a tiny, tiny speck compared to the real dimensions of the real sun.
0: Oh, absolutely. So, so
3: when you have to do that, that bit on the sun station where you're jumping across the uh, oh, from God. one end to the God. other... It is the most nightmarish <laughs> thing because the sun is just this giant fiery beast that takes up the whole side of the screen. You know, yeah. so so they got just the perfect Getting size. Getting redder and
0: angrier by the second. Yeah.
3: They, they got just the perfect size because it's not like No Man's Sky, which is like an interesting point of comparison in that mm-hmm. the planets yeah. are big, but they're procedurally generated. I haven't played No Man's Sky since launch and disclosure, we worked on the soundtrack. I love those guys. It's a great game. But... The The difference with the scalers here is that they've just, just got it perfect. Like, it's it's not too big to travel around and see everything, but it's not too small to take away that feeling of, of celestial terror.
1: Yeah. I mean, I want go back to John Stevens and, Steve and sort of lead on to our next
3: topic, really, is that
1: that was one of the first massive discovery items that I was quite proud of myself because I started studying. Well, I, was, I say studying. That's not true. I was flying towards the planet because I wanted to explore there. I hadn't been there properly I noticed one of the, like, the, the tornadoes, the whirlwind sort of things, was going counterclockwise as opposed to everything else. I'm like, that's weird. Why is that? Why, why is that different? Let's go down there, see what happens. And lo and behold, he gets sucked into the planet rather than sucked out. And that's one yeah. of a major discovery. I just, there was no hint to that. There was no, like, nope. um, and that's a perfect example of, like, you really really need to be observant eyes wide open at all times even though most what you believe to be benign detail could be fundamentally important to progress
0: uh, and be diligent with your reading of uh, of scrolls and oh, wall yes. markings
1: relentless <laughs> yeah. to the point where the muse is kicking in going i'm going to
3: read this but that is a problem <laughs> that is a bit of a friction isn't it between the yeah. design of like you get to some important information but time is running out I guess that's if you know that the in your ship where it logs all the information, if yeah. you know that that's <laughs> yeah. there and you're kind of committed to reading that. Yeah, yeah but absolutely. But if you don't, I think you can. There is a bit of design friction there in that you may miss something important and not feel motivated yes. to go all the way back. You know, there are some places in this game yes. like on um, I'm trying to think of the, is it the high energy lab. Mm -hmm. Um, that are just really, really difficult to get to. Yeah, I I would Mm -hmm. call
1: them. I called them internally, I called them layers. Some Mm. places had um three or four layers to access, and they were the ones that were like, Okay, I've got to move really fast to do this, I know how to do it. I just need to do the things, yeah. And, berries, and I called them layers in my brain. What's um, interesting, though, yeah.
0: you you find that as you repeat it, like there are some places that you kind of need to keep going back to, yeah. unless you, yeah, or to, unless by some freak you've solved everything first time, and you end up kind of speed running your way there, yes, like, uh, amazing. Y- you end yeah. up knowing the because because the physics always kick off at the same point, yeah. Everything will be the same, mm-hmm. so you can start to know exactly when to uh, launch and where to point, when to kick in the autopilot, when exactly, to yeah. turn it off, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. It's
1: amazing. You become this sort of like mm. expert mm. pilot all of a sudden. I, and,
0: I, yeah. uh...
3: <laughs> I love in I the DLC gonna... just hurtling my ship into the the bay, yeah. just like max <laughs> yeah. speed, and then just yeah, bailing it out. Matter. Yeah, so I won't a... be
0: needing that again. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, I'm just
3: going to throw
2: it into the bay. It'll be fine. One thing that I, I really love about the game, just speaking about the the movement and locomotion is that it rewards your kind of pri- if you, if you have any kind of knowledge of physics and motion and all of that stuff it rewards you for having that prior knowledge so like dark bramble it's not it's not really a planet and no. there's not really any gravity or anything like that acting on you mm-hmm. so my thought cuz originally when when i first approach uh, first went in there and realized that i was going to get eaten if i if i wasn't careful I thought that the um, the anglerfish were attracted to any kind of engine activity yeah. whatsoever. Yes. Yeah, of course. Cool. So I took the approach of well, if there's no gravity and there's no like air or anything, there's no friction, right? Mm-hmm. So if I go into d- dark bramble Fast. at maximum
0: velocity, yeah, yes,
2: <laughs> and then just cut the engines.
0: Yeah. I will drift towards where I need to drift. Well, that works that- on Seed 2, right? When you go yeah. in, when yeah. in, if, if you go into the place where there's, I think yeah. it's three anglerfish around the entrance, mm, you yeah. kind of have to go in there. I, I think you can still just nudge the controller, but it's actually optimal to do exactly what you just said, Josh. Just go in straight and yeah. not fast, but. Fast enough. Mm. Yeah, but that, yeah exactly. that The tenseness. Oh, you know? it's so tense. And oh, you're just awesome. sitting there. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my god. And it's that that moment yeah.
3: is a kind of a cheesy horror moment in a way yeah. because you don't have to move. You just float past those three anglerfish. But the yeah. the designers it are works. just like, come on, let's have a nice hammy horror moment. Yeah. And you're just sitting there tensing it's the, everything. It's the
0: breathing noises that's yeah. part of the, the oh, killer yeah, there, yeah. as well as the, as well as the the soundtrack. It's the uh, the sort of little. Yeah.
3: And oh. and just on those little all the all the details of this game, the fantastic details. When you drown, when you wake up, your character takes a kind of like yeah, yeah, choking, yeah. drowning breath. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. or if you you can chase down the probe that is fired off at the beginning, and it's all yes. detailed and it's got stuff on it. And so, there's just that that coherence and logical kind of consistency to everything. If you like science at all. You know, I'm not a science guy necessarily, but I still can appreciate it in a sort of pop science way. Um, Yeah.
0: Kasuga-san from our forum, though, says, I am one of the people that this game just did not work for. On paper, it's right up my alley with exploration and puzzle solving, but the controls killed it for me. I couldn't bring myself to finish it, even if I found the mystery intriguing. I really wanted to like it. It's a shame, but there we are.
1: Feeds into what we were saying earlier. The big barrier. yeah it's a barrier event We've acknowledged. sorry
0: some of the locations we've mentioned a few of the planets already. I'm sure we've all had our own adventures there, as have as has every player of, of outer wilds. Uh, I suppose um let's talk a little bit more about some of our favorite moments mm-hmm. um I think the the first time that i real and oh, no, I guess this is the same for everyone the first time I realized what was going on between the ember twin and the ash twin mm. that you had to get to the ember twin before it filled up with sand from the ash twin yeah uh, to explore its underground passages and then you're in a whole other kind of time-based survival horror kind of situation and you're trying to work out these uh these pathways in the dark and
3: yeah god if you have got claustrophobia and you played this game blimey yes.
0: Yeah. The, actually, weirdly, the first time I went into these tunnels, I timed it precisely with the sand getting to the point that it was too deep for me to move. So I was really confused because I, uh, you come out the back of the one of the crashed ships, right? Yeah. And you go into the tunnel and then immediately I stepped inside, my visor cracked and I made that horrible noise and I died. I was like, what? The hell happened there? So it felt to me like there was another anglerfish type insta death scenario, but it was actually just pure it was the game it was the universe not caring. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it it was gonna do its thing, mm. and it just so happened that I entered that particular cave at the wrong and time. And even if location. you get
3: in there, then there's the cactuses.
0: Yes. Soup <laughs> punctures. You can repair those, that's fine. You've always got duct tape on you, I guess. Or something. Uh, any other favourite sort of memories or oh. locations of exploration? It's
3: got to be the DLC. I mean, the original game is amazing, but the DLC reveal of the Stranger just blew my brain into five thousand. Is that uh, no, the Stranger or, or the, the oh the, sh- the ship world. itself, yeah, yeah, the the ship right? Itself. The, prisoner, the ring world. When you're right. at the probe right. and you're looking in the right direction, and then you see the shadow across the sun, and you see right. the stars on the other side of the. You know, it's not black. It's yeah see-through and i was like whoa i was so scared flying towards <laughs> it as it just yeah. engulfs the what sun we gonna
1: see what's it what is it what is it the... i was so yes. scared i
3: think i bodged mm. it the first time and i had to go back well, and do I'm... it again but and then yeah. the first time you see the reveal of the whole stranger i was just like oh yes and then every reveal as you start the dlc you know the language thing not working and you realize mm. it's going to be a non- you know non written language section yeah. the the owl antler people with the glowing eyes the pictures on the wall and the only two world. eyes just... only two eyes i think that i think the reveal <laughs> of that has got to be uh, uh, yeah. right up there with the best kind of you know uh, location reveals in any game i've ever played or any film i've ever seen honestly just the the way you experience it is is incredible yeah
2: it's it's just you know Ring worlds in games are nothing new. No? Like Halo, obviously. <laughs> yeah, very famous. It does look like a mini Halo. Uh, but ha- it's very beautiful. A...
0: You can tell but, they like, worked on that solely for a couple of years since the game uh, shipped. Right.
2: Yeah, but yeah, it, it, it's it's just the fact that like it's a it's a fully operate. Like you can walk the entire ring. That's what's. Yes. It's not mm. an illusion. That's that's what's so cool about You'll swim, it. Swim um, really. Yeah. yeah, and and the da- <laughs> the first time you see the dam oh, break and it just sweeps across yeah. the environment, it's just incredible. Yeah, but like, um, I, I want to because you know uh, we're talking about the DLC, so I want to camp out a little bit. Mm. Um, that they we've already talked about how scary the main game is. Um, that the latter half, the the latter third, sorry, of this game where it goes. Full amnesia mm, like yeah. full survival horror is they put a warning s- on it yeah,
0: but and the a thi- toggle
2: the thing that's so interesting to me is that I don't really consider outer wilds to be a horror game, not no, 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 no. Some, not in its completeness right, but they show a mastery of horror tropes and um creating that feeling of dread mm. yeah that. Of games that call themselves horror games don't have. Yeah. Mm. Like when you enter the virtual world, and like nothing's happening yet, right? It's yeah. just quiet, <laughs> and there's a little bit of atmospheric noise. Yeah, yeah. And it's really, really dark, dark. and it it, it just builds that tension, just builds and builds and yeah. builds, and then when you activate something and you mm. see that elevator being activated and you're like someone's in that so, someone's in that, <laughs> that elevator yeah so, w- what's going on yeah, yeah, yeah and then when you first encounter one of those owl deer creatures the, the end um, well does it no the inhabitants it's just so terrifying what's funny is like unless you enter that world in a in a certain way the consequence isn't even death right no it's just
3: you know, you're you're out of that world. But you don't, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, but it doesn't matter. It's still terrifying. Some, some mm. people have a problem with, I, you know, I heard some of the critics who even love the game really not liking the overt horror sections of it. But I think it is so expertly done, as you say, when you go yeah. through the world for the first time and there isn't anything chasing you, but you see one of them sitting, you see the silhouette of one yes. of them sitting, yes. and watching things, and you are so. Scared and nothing yes. is happening, yeah. but there's no. door creaking sounds that yeah. I, I will criticize the sound design one tiniest detail, ah, which is that that door creaking sound keeps <laughs> recurring. And when it, yeah, when nothing actually fair. happens as a result of it, it is a, a tiny, uh, okay. is a little bit of a thing, I, but, I but I'm yeah. There's the footsteps one
1: though, uh, that one really like you're walking along, you you hear your footsteps, then you stop, and then the other footsteps are heard like.
0: Oh, oh. <laughs> oh! That's like the start of Silent Hill 2 yeah, The amount of it, yeah. comments I've seen all over the internet saying they so want this team to do a to a horror game, they do that, a proper horror. game. It might not be the same out of the context, but I don't know. It's probably worth. Yeah, a but try, even
3: it? even when you see it is a proper horror game. When you see the the like the lodge where they're all partying, and mm. then the music is so creepy. Mm. And you, I think yeah. for me that was the first time I actually encountered any of them walking around, and I was, yeah. I was, yeah, I was.
0: But... What does the toggle do? The, the 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 make it less scary toggle. So oh.
2: it, it it slows them down. Oh, so okay. if. If you don't have it toggled on, much, they run. For, unless you shine your light in their face, okay. they run full speed at you. Yeah. Right. But if you toggle it on, they just kind of creepily walk towards you. Ooh. It's still scary, scary. Yeah. right? Okay. Um, but <laughs> just it's just not inducing. as difficult. Is right. that a bit more yeah.
3: like a, it follows? That that sounds even more scary. Yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah. 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 No, it's exactly like the, that. The, actually, the brilliance <laughs> yeah. of that. I mean, they they somehow managed to refine down to like diamond strength puzzle design. Based around knowledge there. Cause when you're in the dark wood and you're just like following the edge of the eye, and you're like, where do I go? Where do I go? Where do I go? And then and then it occurs to you, you're like, Oh yeah, where are they going? How do I get over there? Oh, if I follow them. And and the other bit where earlier on in that section, I think, where you come back, you see on the other side of the river, and there's the hand, one of the hand grabbers, which oh. are brilliant. And then you yeah. realize, oh, I could have got to this place much easier, but I did not know this hand was here because it was in this darkness. Right, yeah. And yeah, so it, so yeah. they, I think with the tighter design of the DLC, they're able to kind of make that knowledge-based gameplay tighter, mm. those reveals kind of quicker. Uh, uh, and um, yeah, I, I, I feel like that did something more, more for me than kind of here's a whole solar system, you know, go and pull at these threads.
1: As as mag- yeah as magnificent as the DLC was, my favourite place, if not my share, uh, is the South Pole for Brittle Hollow because getting to mm-hmm. it is is just it one of the earliest things that suggests you go and do. Like, which, which uh, station
3: is that? Which one is that? I don't
1: remember which because it's been a while since I've played it. But it's actually where you have to crawl. Um, you have to do lots and lots of platforming to get to it. It's like a three or is four. Is it the layers. Southern Observatory? Do you mean Southern Observatory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it's yes. really hard to get to really mm. hard but it's one of the earliest things a game points you to go see like mm. don't find that but it's really difficult to do because you've got to go through those gravity well yeah. things and you've got to then drop out of gravity well and hit another one that's going across oh it's a real dexterity challenge that one but it's what's the and is it
0: the it it, black black hole forge where there's a bit where you T- teleport to somewhere, and of course you don't realize you're upside down, so <laughs> yeah you, know, <laughs> yeah. And you yes. jump and fall off
1: you jump <laughs> and fall off, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: so
2: there's so many good- a- another another area that yeah. I, I really love mm-hmm. um and it's less because we've talked a lot about the kind of visual spectacle type areas, like Giants Deep and the sun station and all that, but purely from telling like a really effective short story, um I really love the interloper. as you kind of dive into the caves. Because at this point in the game, if you haven't been to the Interloper, Ghost Matter is just like this annoying inconvenience that Mm. you occasionally bump into. But the slow, slow reveal of what happened when they entered the Interloper, and what happened to the Nomai, like Mm. their entire civilization was wiped out, and this team of people had no time to warn anyone of the coming doom. And... I just I I love how it sells that just with these you know te- you know the text logs and the the um, the little devices that they carry with them mm. and their co- and their corpses and yeah. and realizing mm. you know their their you know the, one of my favorite things in horror is like that creeping realization that characters have where like they're already doomed they're already dead yeah. but. Um, that they've owned that they, their brain is only just caught up to the fact, mm. and it's so effectively played yeah. in that area. And
3: the, the, the way the ghost matter works is is pure horror. You can only see it when you look through your scanner, and also the sound effect and the sound design of your of your suit crisping and crackling in the heat <laughs> of it is so brilliant and terrifying.
0: Tolkien Taters from our forum says. In a way, every game is about learning, but I've never played a game that does such an effective job isolating the concept of exploring, learning and interacting with systems, as well as Outer Wilds. The game really feels like an adventure. The sense of exploration and the feeling you get when you realise how a system works is just fantastic. When you add a touching story with incredible visuals and music that stays in your head long after the game ends, you have a classic on your hands. I think this is one of the most memorable games of this generation, And I hope more people play it. Maybe one or two will after listening to this show, even though we're ruining it for them. (laughs) Brack from the forum, a new poster, I think, unfeatured before, as far as I can remember, says discovery and exploration in its purest form, sometimes by pure luck and other times by first bashing your head into a wall five times. It isn't just a puzzle adventure. It's also comparable to a Metroidvania. Instead of new skills or weapons, it's information that helps you reach new areas. Some of my favourite moments include all the times I fell ass backwards into discoveries I wasn't even searching for. This added to the feeling of exploration. Pie from our forum says, a problem I had is that I don't really like outer space, which is kind of integral to the experience. Pecan pie. I'm, I'm, I hate to tell you this, but you're kind of in it right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Outer Wilds does a great job of capturing a sense of interplanetary exploration. I just would rather be exploring a forest or mountains or anything more terrestrial. But you do I have a friend. Yeah, you do that too. <laughs> I have a friend who said he would absolutely leave his life on earth to go on the first mission to Mars. He loves this game. Space is just too lonely and desolate for me. And the game does such a great job capturing that because of this solitude, the little snippets of connection I felt through exploring the ruins of the Nomai were much more meaningful and I did become more invested in figuring things out because I wanted to erase that empty loneliness. I think that's why finding your fellow explorers and the music associated with them is so special to many who play this game. It was a bit of warmth in that cold, desolate outer space. That I was desperate to feel. Yeah,
3: that that really nails it because I I am terrified of space. Um, I'm kind mm-hmm. of interested by it, but I'm also ter- mm-hmm. like the 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 film Gravity mm-hmm. has a long single shot sequence near the beginning that I find gut wrench. I found in in seeing it in 3D in a IMAX, I found it gut wrenchingly terrifying. Yeah, and then right. I played this <laughs> game, and I was like, wow, it's a whole game of just that gut wrenchingly terrifying feeling of flying off into space and having nothing to do but suffocate to death you know or like no one's coming to get you. you you're lucky if you smash into something that you know and and yeah that's that's and then added on top of that the kind of quantum stuff the kind of goofy suddenly we put something behind you and scares you and you're in a more scary like deliberately scary environment on top of already the sheer existential dread of losing control in a vacuum, and not being able to regain it, or running out of fuel, running out of oxygen—that kind of thing life was. That's what makes it a horror game for me. Beyond, you know, even before we get to the the direct horror stuff.
2: Yeah, I, I just, I guess, um, <laughs> to bring up Jurassic Park again. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, it, it's, it's, it's not as simple for me as space is scary. That's it. Because there is a wonder, there is a majesty to it that is entrancing, and, like, as much as the entire film of Jurassic Park is basically, here's why it's a bad idea to make a (laughs) Jurassic Park... if you made a Jurassic Park and could guarantee my safety, I would go to Jurassic Park. Sure. And that's kind of my via space as well. Yeah, yeah. If I'm guaranteed a degree of safety and
3: it doesn't cost me
2: uh, three, <laughs> yeah. three billion three billion pounds to to do it, yeah. uh, probably more than that, actually. Um, I mean, William I, Shatner I seemed
0: it... to really enjoy it, but a lot of the people I I see talking about the, uh, the Bezos and Musk's trips to spaces that they're probably really boring and uncomfortable. I'm sure. But I just, I don't know. Like, and dangerous. Even like a glimpse through a
2: tiny window of yeah, Earth yeah. from that perspective. It can
0: change you, apparently. They say that. Yeah I, yeah, I
3: just, I would want that experience. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Worth pooing in a bag for. I mean, that that <laughs> yeah, is something absolutely. that
3: the kind of pocket scale of this solar system doesn't quite there's something about leaving um the the the, the timber Hearth. it does th- especially it's mainly timber Hearth, really it is a bit too small as you're taking off it feels like a little pocket super mario galaxy world now that yeah, is totally, rectified yeah. later on with all these incredible you know different spaces and stuff mm. but, it, but but I suppose it's deliberate you know make the home planet not too difficult but it, interestingly if you do go exploring there are proper ruins oh, yes. there and like you know, big big ravines and stuff so um it's just as you're taking off and you look on the landing cam it just seems like this tiny little circle uh, that you are so desperate to get off as quickly as possible
0: i'm interested in memories you have of puzzle solutions that of which you were the most proud but also puzzle solutions that which maybe you had to get help with and thought oh, i was never going to get that because i think it will give a good spread of the satisfaction and the potentially the the feeling of I, I found this game as enjoyable and and amazing as it was at times. It was quite intensive on the old noggin. I found N- not necessarily relaxing all the time because there are so many possibilities and so many puzzles at any one time, especially when you're deep in the thick of the mid game. There's this uh, ships log, which I always felt satisfied. If any time I did a run, if I if I got ships log updated at least once, I was fairly happy. It meant that you discovered something yeah. that would be added. Yeah. You've got this. You've got this electronic pin board, which effectively is your red string and and post it notes and photos everywhere of what's going on. Uh, apparently, that was a relatively late addition to development. Um, I think it was more. Uh, I think it sounds like what they had before was more of a traditional quest log or something like that and a bit more something a bit more linear but now they've or or in the final version it's it's more um like the game itself it kind of all links together and kind of loops around and but actually that can be i i found at times a bit just yeah for my my mental capacity a, a little bit overwhelming
3: i thought it quite confusing and i didn't i didn't really lean on it in the main game and then when i was doing the dlc i knew you know obviously i played this game backwards and forwards by that point i still didn't find that board the 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 ships log very useful because the names of the areas aren't represented in the different places in the dlc so i was like well where is Starlit? which one's Starlit cove do you see what i mean so like i found it and the way it was written i don't know Hmm. maybe i just was Rushing or not paying no, attention, you, reading it carefully. Got, I just you, didn't find quite tuned in. Yeah, you, you've well got a
1: point it. there because when you entered these spaces, it doesn't have a big text along the top going. You're now install it, go like, no, <laughs> like
0: a, like a rare platformer. Exactly, um, like yeah. What I found is so you get a little orange asterisk next to an area if mm. there's stuff left to discover, which is absolutely tantalising and yeah. but at times yeah. agonising yeah. because yeah. you've got this yeah. entire Entire solar system to explore and beyond, and sometimes to clear the asterisk off, it would involve picking your way carefully through a path that you'd already picked your way through just to read one more little yeah. bit of information. You don't need to clear it all off to finish the game, but you feel like you do. Yeah,
2: I uh, d- just to speak to the opposite experience of Tom. Um, I I found the ship's log and the the rumor mode. Uh, incredibly useful um and i i don't know if it's just the the difference between our two brains and how my brain functions Mm. like it felt like it was structured the way my brain works if Mm. that makes sense (laughs) like compartmentalizing things building lines between them um it i found it i found it really really elegant and and Mm. easy to use yeah that said um like leon you, you were talking about um areas where we had to look look up the solution yeah. because there was just no way. Yeah. Um it it was always situations where you had to take a little bit of a leap and the and and the one leap that kind of went against my natural instinct mm. was going underneath the jellyfish because my yes, feeling was, was the one, tentacles are deadly. Yes. They are going to kill me. Yes. Why would I go underneath the jellyfish? Yeah and that that was the f- everything to do with the quantum moon like all of that stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah fine the Tower I of quantum that out. knowledge.
3: i found that i had to look that up i just don't think i ever oh, really? would have thought to hang around there because i guess i wasn't quite tuned into bits of this planet were becoming destabilized and four years. That, was, that it,
0: was the exact puzzle I was going to say was yeah. my proudest, the, the one that I was proudest that I solved myself. Yeah. Did it's you like, solve it oh, by yeah. accident
3: or by logic? Like, well, because once you, yeah, everything logic, in this game, once you, when you, this is why the DLC I found more fun, is because I, I, knowing everything from the main game, I was able to tune into the thinking of the designers a bit better. And there's something about if you, every mechanic and physical thing that happens in this universe, you can pretty much guarantee there's a puzzle designed around it, right? So, as soon as what I, sh- if I had been on their wavelength earlier, I would have thought, ah, bits of this planet are falling in. I can measure the, you know, the, the stability with my scout. That means there's going to be some area here that I oh, can only Oh, I didn't get even think to. of doing that. I just ah. waited.
0: Yeah. I just waited and think, thought, right, there's this huge wall that you can't climb because the, it's a gravity wall. Uh, again, listener, if you haven't played the game, there's a lot of surfaces on which you can be Stuck. the wrong way up because of, uh, yeah. And you've got a kind of whole Metroid or, yeah, Zelda gravity wall kind of situation. Um, and, yeah, it's a big old chunk that's broken. The gravity's too heavy for you to just boost up there so you're stuck Uh, but this is on the planet that is being bombarded by meteors and throughout the course of the 22 minute cycle huge chunks of it fly off into the black hole in the center of the planet and it suddenly dawned on me that yeah zero gravity is what i need and i can get this location in zero gravity and yeah that was one of a few times when i when i felt proud but conversely The puzzle that I thought, I don't think I ever would have got that. The one that really springs to mind is the one where you like I got the quantum entanglement concept. Fine. Stand on quantum matter and uh, you can move with it. Right. Uh, Is that
3: that's not right. You mean observe it and it doesn't move. Yeah.
0: Or Well, there's a but there's a puzzle that. Subscribe to these rules somehow, so you stand there's this particular one you stand in a in a cave mm. and you stand on a quantum rock and you turn the light off so you move with it right because you're not looking at it, yeah, oh. that was the one that I thought that's the one that I thought yeah i'm not sure i'd have ever got i don't that.
3: even think I saw that puzzle at all on two run throughs <laughs> <Huh. Yeah. laughs>
0: no, not essential do, then maybe
1: no
2: how because i'm curious. i I assume you saw the 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 Nomai. Um, in the in the, at the quantum moon, right?
3: Well, who are you talking to? Me?
2: Yeah, yeah, Solanum. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I I thought that knowledge was essential mm. in order to see that that character. So, yeah, did you, did you just stumble across? You might it have then? solved
0: it without realizing the solution. I mean, that is, I of, don't remember a bit
3: because once you know yeah. that to observe the quantum moon is to keep it fixed so that you can land on it. Yeah. What I had to look up was also how to get the temple. I, I didn't look up the complete solution, but I sort of couldn't quite get my head around going to the sixth location with the the quantum moon tower right. that moves around and scares yeah. them, the crud out of you when you suddenly turn around and it's there. Um yeah. And then, but then I did work out by myself that oh, okay. To navigate this geography, I'm gonna have to move to a different part of the map and summon it, and then move back, and then yeah, then you'll be able to go forward. But I found that was a little bit some of. I can imagine the whole chain, the whole chain of quantum missions, if mm-hmm. you really like. There's plenty of bits along the way that I, I think that, that people would have difficulty on and yeah. or one of those puzzles. It's not messing
0: around. It's no, it's, they're not it's easy. Genuinely, what, it's yeah, it's challenging stuff.
1: And stupid guns the quantum moon thing, and I do realize that you don't need to do that to game. Mm. Um, because I actually, my first run through well, pedalled a bit, and because I finished it without really going there or finding, yeah, yeah, and there's so kind might... of multiple endings
0: of yeah. varying, yes, yeah. So if, I, if you I want, just
1: had, yeah, I just had my fellow Parthians. Like, yes i
2: i i just i just became obsessed with the quantum the moment i saw it <laughs> yeah, yeah. i was just like you worshipped it. you are now my nemesis yeah, i yeah, will yeah. figure you out yeah ah, well done um, young agile
0: so... brain <laughs> i mean it's <laughs>
3: like you, everyone remembers playing arkham asylum with the old kind of look away look back gag of the world mm. change it's something that video games actually does really well can do yeah. very well yeah, yeah, in yeah. control blah 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 and and yet here you have a whole world a whole set of puzzles and a whole <laughs> imagination space built around that and i think that is so remarkable to put in a game already complex and ambitious um but that just speaks to the every bit of me that might be scientifically curious is like oh that's so brilliant they did that it's so nerdy and brilliant that they had a moon that's just there and you look away and it's and it's gone and that and, and but I can go there, you know. That is that is really yeah. again romantic. That's and it does try to.
0: It does try to hammer the message that uh, a photo of a quantum thing is the same as looking at a thing. It tells you that a lot of times because I th- I think I get the impression that maybe yeah. people weren't weren't getting that. What's funny is, and this is not the reviewing this piece of software show. Let's not get into it, especially uh, Thomas but what's funny is going from playing this intensively to playing the recent uh, Radiohead Kid A mm. amnesia thing is i was finding that because that that is also that has elements of horror and uh, it's more of a walking simulator i suppose if you if you want um but it also kind of has sort of puzzle elements and the amount of times i found myself thinking Maybe if I spin around here something else will appear or something like that. <laughs> uh for no reason. But it's it that's a sort of good example of how your brain kind of starts to learn the rules of, of, of a game like this and, and yeah. you do even even at my advanced age, you do you your 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 brain can still be flexible enough to start to kind of learn new ways of thinking, if you will.
3: Well even even aesthetically, the quantum moon and the eye of the universe, they do go for that um i want to say like post rock kind of mm-hmm. um it's not Obsidian it's everywhere. not like no man's sky which is 70s sci-fi yeah, book covers right. it's not that yeah. it's something more 90s almost i want to say than that like I, it's not really 90s but it's scary you know the quantum when you land on the scanton moon it's really intimidating place um when you get to the eye of the universe a really intimidating place and that's music that's art that's darkness this game uses light as a core mechanic, mm. even more so in the DLC. But you can, you get, I can get very scared in this game by light and dark, and 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 yeah. how deep a cave you're in, and and you know the the sand is filling up and stuff like that. Um, there's so many layers to just how it can unsettle you, um, and and all of the other, the more kind of artistic choices they make on top of that, like what things look like and and what the music sounds like play on that which is why i think they're just perfectly comfortable with this being a horror game you know a sci-fi horror game that's not really a horror game but it kind of is because it's going to scare the the, the crap out of quite a few people i think
0: hmm. rinse wash repeat from our forum says i really wanted to love this game while i loved the freedom given to the player and the fact that you were trusted to figure out how to play the game with very little handholding i just couldn't get over how annoying i found the reset mechanic. I don't know if I was just a bit rubbish at the game, but there were five or six times where I floundered for 15 minutes, finally made a discovery and then had to start all over again. Add into this, I struggled with the controls and often got swept away by some galactic tornado and I just couldn't bring myself to stick with it, which is a real shame. I can see this is a fantastic game, but I can also see I'll never be able to enjoy it.
3: I think the, just thinking of that, it makes me think of the Hanging City and how on reflection mm. there's perhaps as, as amazing as the structure is, maybe there's a bit too much to discover there that, that you get
0: yeah. tired it, of going back down is, there. and
1: That is quite, yeah, the, the steps leading down and I, the amount of times I've thought to myself, has to be a quicker way to get down here. Cause there, is, there, I mean, there is. I mean, there is. You fly down and there. And there is. Yeah. There's <laughs> the Four bridge,
0: layers yeah. to that city. There's yeah. also a secret entrance that uh, I can't say that I found myself. But if you go to the north pole of yeah. the planet, uh, there's a little cave uh, which drops you straight from the surface into meltwater, uh, which is the top of the city. And from there, you can kind of run down, sprint down and... Uh, that's not yeah, as fun I, as
3: bowling your ship, you know, fighting the black <laughs> hole with your ship and trying to land tastelessly <laughs> on this bridge, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> month from the forum says, I want to tell you about the magical moment I had playing. I was flying through space when an asteroid's asteroid grazed my spaceship. It got the power, so I unbuckled and turned around to go and fix it. And then I was just in space. And my ship drifted <laughs> off. Yeah. Somehow the rock hit in such a way that the back half yes. of the ship was taken out completely, and I didn't yep. notice. Yeah. Then oh. I just free floated in silent agony until I died. Magical. <laughs> yes, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant.
1: I, mean, I think there's an. It, a it must have happened.
0: That. that that unlike my reactor failure, that must have happened to everyone. But it's yeah, yeah, cool yeah. because you're because yeah. you're still strapped into the seat. You are. Yeah. So you, don't so, know. you so you don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Talking about the horror aspect, Rager from the forum says, This game featured a couple of moments that absolutely terrified me. Being launched into space from Giants Deep without warning genuinely took my breath away the first time it happened. The whole thing just felt so overwhelming and massive. I can't remember the last time I felt so fragile and insignificant in a game. The sense of scale, Atmosphere and weight as you launched and crashed back down to the planet is something that will stay with me for a long time. The other moment is a bit more traditionally scary, but still very effective nonetheless. Inching into dark bramble bit by bit, following the lights and trying to track down the last instrument I'd not discovered built up the tension considerably. When the giant skeletal anglerfish came out of nowhere and swallowed me up, I practically jumped out of my seat and started nervously laughing. Mm. I didn't go back there for a good 10 hours. This developer would make an incredible horror game if they ever fancied it.
3: And they did. I mean, the, the, <laughs> it does make me think that <laughs> yeah, yeah. the DLC is more traditionally scary. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, what A brilliant reveal in the DLC is when you realise that the tower... Um, isn't just that one middle chamber and then you take the lights away and then the thing opens and everything is scary at this point in the dlc because you don't know what's going on then you go down the stairs and then you just see these these uh owl antler people decayed and and holding these things up and it is just uh, with a campfire so you're taught that the campfire is safety and warmth and it's red and 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 yellow how you'd expect a fire but this fire is bright green and it scared the absolute um yeah. Something out of Bejesus. it. But oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we say that? Slightly yeah. blasphemous. But then you know, <laughs> later on you're just kind of casually just, you know, ignoring them completely. But it, it's a it's a completely yeah. different kind of horror moment, isn't it? It's the it's the horror of of something uh traditionally scary being revealed to you in a in a stripped back way. But with also a kind of there's a weird kind of David Lynch vibe, like a mm-hmm. Twin Peaks vibe to the DLC. And actually now I think about it the whole game. Something about like the folksy, woodsy, and they they find the woods at night is quite bit wicker manny. Yeah, because at the end, you know, the end of the game, they play on that when you're in the dark woods as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Um, for sure. But but the DLC especially brought that
0: brought that home. You know what the DLC reminds me of though, Uh, in in a different way, uh, is mist. Yeah, M Y S T as well. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It has a very similar vibe to that. There was a recent uh, yet another version. There's been loads of versions of Mist over the years, but they released one earlier this year, didn't they? It came to Game Pass. I think it's still on there, which is more fully 3D rendered rather than the old pre-rendered stuff of the old versions. And yeah, the vibe is obviously it's a it's a slightly different world. But um, but yeah, even some of the, the sort of the, the type of furnishings and things like mm. that sort of reminded me. Well, Riven, yeah.
3: Riven really scared Mm. me as a kid i was too scared to play it even though nothing happens in most of the (laughs) screens of the game but just the atmosphere yeah i think they really captured that
0: mauricio mm from our forum says despite how frustrating both the time loop mechanics and the flight controls could usually get outer wilds became one of my favorite games of all time I haven't enjoyed such a mix of exploration, mystery, wonder, and discovery in a video game this much in a long while. Other games might excel in these individual camps and more, but none, in my experience at least, combine them as successfully as Outer Wilds. Gorgeous art direction and music as well, and a surprisingly touching story, too. Before we uh, move on, I am conscious that we haven't sort of really covered the, the kind of the end game, the takeaway from the entire experience and seeing as this is always a spoiler cast. Uh, is there anything any of you'd like to say about the sort of the big, the final reveal, the, the nature of, of the very existence of the halflings and uh, Outer Wilds? Outer Wild.
3: I, I might need someone to explain it to me. <laughs> oh, oh, are, we, are we actually going to go into the actual ending,
1: ending, ending? I mean Which I, you, I, whichever I, you like. Yeah. I really want to talk about that but Josh you want to... Yeah yeah no I I think what I liked about mm.
2: the ending ending is that there isn't a way out um mm-hmm. so like at first I thought cuz you know the mystery of why the sun is exploding all of that stuff there are a couple of red herrings like they make you think that the um the No Maya possibly responsible yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. Because initially you think it's just the sun, right? And to, unless yeah. you're, you know, deliberately looking outwards and noticing that other stars are Blinking exploding out, as yeah. well, um, you might just think it's your yeah, your sun. Yeah. But um, the the universe is ending. the The whole universe is ending, and there is no solution. The only solution is to play out the end of the universe and give rise to the new at one at the eye at um, the eye of gonna, this, the universe at, at this the eye of the place. universe yeah yeah they
3: say older than we know don't they they say that these stars are older than we knew or older than we guessed yeah. or something
2: yeah and it's it's what i fi- find so thematically powerful about the the outer wilds is it's unrelentingly optimistic even in the face of True, like existential terror of the end of everything, and may and and maybe, like, and it speaks to me particularly at this this point in time where you know we, obviously we're as at time of recording we're in the middle of a you know still ongoing global pandemic, but there's and also global crusts. warming, yeah. climate change, <laughs> all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, the the feeling that. Yeah, maybe this is it. Maybe the world is coming to an end. But this still meant something. This, our culture, our experiences, our music, all of this stuff still means something. It still matters. And even if this all ends, let's play it out. Let's remember the good old days. Let's remember the positive times that we shared together. And there will be a tomorrow. It may not be our tomorrow. Yeah. It may not be for us. But there is a tomorrow for something somewhere out there. Yeah. And I love
1: that so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like,
2: I, I that... And it really
1: moved me. Yeah. Um I was to my core. I was so so taken aback when I saw the words fourteen point three billion years later. Um because Here's a game that has the courage to ask the question. And the question is, does it really matter? Does any of this really matter? And uh, there's two ways, there's many different ways to answer that question. But uh, the first one is you could say, well, no. No, the universe is going to end due to the laws of entropy. Everything we do has ultimately no meaning. And that's one way of looking at it. But I think Josh's way of looking at it is much more... um, palatable in that yeah maybe ultimately the stuff you're doing now won't make any difference in the long run but you know if you embrace the or subscribe to the concept the universe bans and contracts into a thing you don't know what the thing is but it changes state there's no time there's just energy uh, so because there's no time at that point uh, you can't say it lasts forever because there's no lasting because there's no time, but it contracts and then it expands again, and keeps on doing this over and over and over again, and this is like yeah. you know, and that's and I'm okay, and that's for a game to say yeah, this is what we subscribe to, this is what this is what it is, this is reality, and you know they why 14.3 billion years well that's the age of our universe, and I thought well was it us? phone To us, um, mm. I don't think they are. I don't know mm, they no. are because if you look on the, the form... species
0: that they show mm. as being the next, uh, are there's well there's there's uh, depending on your ending there's multiple yeah, aren't there? But the there the, is, the, yeah. the main the, the the ending that anyone can get without either finding Solanum or doing the DLC, there's a kind of insectoid. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. which is I, I... entirely feasible.
2: <laughs> I think, you know, to expand on, on your point, Chris, yeah. Like what what I like about this is it's something that I think expresses the kind of emotional side and, uh, for lack of a better word, I, I want to think of a better word, but this is the word that's coming to my head, religious side of science, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean religion in the kind of fanatical kind of, sense of that word. I mean it in the feeling of awe, feeling of like I am part of something, mm. part of science um, that I find really moving. Yeah. Like yes, I I don't I, you know, my personal belief I don't have an immortal soul I'm not going to go to an afterlife after I'm de- I'm dead mm-hmm. uh, That's I'm dead, that's it. Same. However, the atoms that make up what I am will be broken down and be rebuilt into something else. So, Josh there, Mark II. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. I know like, exactly what you mean. There yeah. is there is a reincarnation, not of the soul, not of you, no. but of the fundamental building blocks of what makes yeah. you who you are and what makes the universe what it is is rebuilt and is reincarnated, and that's same yeah. the
3: same of everything on a universal scale. I, I had a problem here uh, because if you play it after you've been hit by the hype machine people were like oh the ending's so amazing the ending Mm. didn't land for me the first time oh wow okay it just i I wasn't like did a lump in my throat or anything because i just didn't kind of understand what was going on Um, i didn't mind i I mean it does
2: it does enter the the realms of metaphor at a certain point i
3: I enjoyed i enjoyed the ending section with the puzzles and stuff and it was a lovely idea to finish on i enjoyed the music i enjoyed the spectacle of it i cannot say that it resonated with my soul and i think part of the problem was was having it not spoiled but having it oversold perhaps a touch i
2: mean i i'm complicit in that because i was one of the because that's (laughs) what this ending did right like that it it plucked the banjo strings of my soul, this ending did. Um <laughs> yeah, so, it just
3: kind of yeah, lightly tickled mine and maybe didn't yeah. make the string, you know, vibrate that much.
1: <laughs> For me it really I was I yeah, big lump of time sitting back and a you know, quivering chin, like, oh wow, that's really I was <laughs> no, just I, really I, taken I, by it, utterly taken by it. I, I, I teared
2: I I mean, I teared up. Mm, I, I yeah, genuinely yeah. teared up. Um and uh yeah, like I, I, I just it's not gonna be for everyone, right? Um I, I you know, I listened to the um uh Watch Out for Fireballs um podcast on this game and, and Gary Butterfield is is not moved by this ending whatsoever because philosophically <laughs> philosophically for him it kind of run run counter to yeah. his kind of worldview, right. but for me, like it spoke so directly to how I feel about everything. Mm. Like like being real, like, like I feel like being optimistic is sometimes um, viewed as like the unrealistic, the kind of yeah, um, you know, the the fantasy naive. stance, yeah. na- the naive stance. Yeah. But it's entirely possible to be, yeah, our chances against global warming are pretty slim. Like all of that, it it is entirely possible to be a realist and be like. But screw it, I'm going to try anyway, because I don't care. Like, I don't care if the odds are against me. I don't care if um, it's all for nothing. I will make this mean something, and I will drag the rest of you with me if I have to in order for this to mean something. Yeah. I just cannot get on board with the the attitude that is just give up, that's yeah. it. Or just... Or just that life is meaningless. Yeah. and why bother? And I just can't in a funny kind
0: of way. That. That's why we're still doing things like making this podcast because we know yeah. that like it's very easy to say doing. Obviously, it's not. Uh, it's not like a big. Doing this doesn't create a big carbon footprint or anything like that. It's not. A, it's not. A, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a detractor. But certainly, people absolutely could view it as a complete, just something totally trivial and not worth the effort. But I've always been of, of a view that. I don't know. I mean, it sounds really glib and facile, but things matter because they matter to people. Like that's the only that's the only judge by which we can decide whether things matter or not. They
3: matter because they're observed.
0: Yeah, and because they make us feel things. And other than given that we absolutely do not certainly know the very reason for our existence, whether it is just a, a fluke, all we can do is do things that improve. Uh, finite existence and even small things
3: just on the ending like i love all of that that's great josh has said a lot of what i could could go could make a reach for at least with the second time i finished it but on the slightly more down-to-earth pun intended um thing i think you could potentially there's maybe an accusation that that, that there's a, there's a there's a sort of indie game thing of needing to have a nice warm cuddly ending that kind of wraps <laughs> things up in a bow with a jangly tune that leaves you happy uh, i know exactly and, what you which, mean which but is I... fine and dandy that's great i'm thinking of like i don't know celeste and i i uh, i'm just trying to think of there's loads of them indie games have a lovely a short hike i played lovely the music comes in you feel great i know this thing is affecting people in a more celestial and, and higher existential way um I've, the first time I played it, I did feel a bit... Con- it did feel a, just a touch removed from the scope and grandeur of the main game to have this kind of like pocket woods with a couple of puzzles in it and then a and a touchy-feely finish. It didn't It didn't quite mesh the first time I played it. But I will say that when the credits roll and it says, thank you for playing, I sat back. The one thing I did do is sit back and think, this is an absolutely towering atri- achievement mm-hmm. for a small, young team i cannot think of another game this ambitious with this and i I think
0: the important thing is like i totally know what you're saying about the cliche of the of the feel-good indie game ending and, and whatever else um and and the the types of images and music used but i think if it's sincere and genuine i don't think it matters no like that it's that yeah, it's not that's it's true. not an unusual thing yeah i agree and i, I think agree. i think this is absolutely based on what 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 i know about the creators and stuff which you know it could all be a lie but i feel like I, it to me it came across and they come across as sincere and genuine and that's what matters
2: yeah i th- i think i guess I think it it's it's the contrast of positivity in the face of the end mm. that like it, it's not saccharine in the way like the the games that you describe like it's very much like the perfect ending like I I really love Celeste but it it's basically like all my problems are solved the <laughs> end like that that's the end of that game right whereas the problem isn't solved like no. the the world is the universe is ending and it's just accepting that and going well not D- making the decision that even though the world is ending this still had value like and that's being a positive it thing it feels a little like,
3: retrofitted oh, no that's too strong a i don't know i don't I know if, if i you, agree because like learn it like, like
2: the, the, the game builds that connection between looking up at the stars and the scale of the universe and the the intimacy of being with your friends at the campfire and those things being the 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 inward journey and the outward journey being linked they have they have to be linked because one drives the other that's the emotional core of the
3: game and that's what's that's what's lovely about it you could if you stripped out the campfire stuff and you took those people off those planets and it was just a kind of curiosity driven interstellar puzzle mystery and you ended up at the eye of the universe but there wasn't a warm gang around oh, a fire to meet you there was just like existential dread and nothingness stretching onto the blackness of time it would be a bit of a bummer i admit but 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 yeah. those two things are placed on top of one another um i, and I think mm. there's a, uh, there's a certain view of it i could take that i don't but i could that they don't necessarily mesh perfectly and actually the more impressive thing of the game is the, you know, the incredible astrophysics and the quantum stuff and the discovery-based puzzles and all of that. Unless the folksy touchy feely, we're all in this together, it's the it's the memories we share that that matter. And I think the the direction of the DLC speaks to that in a little way in that they they wanted to do a horror-based pocket episode that um, you know, stands aside. Like I could go for this team doing more of that, more like, you know, the shadow passes across the stun stuff. Because I think, um, you know, in the green room we were talking about like Star Trek for the voyage home with the enormous <laughs> cylinder that comes into the that doesn't no one knows how to speak to it. And that kind of um science fiction novel based Alien sci-fi. I think that resonates a little bit more with me. That impress- yeah, but actually, the
0: story bit. of the DLC layers on and it in does, and around yeah. the, it does. the the overarching story with uh, it kind touchy, of bookends it.
3: Yeah, in. but it's not a nice touchy feely story, is it? It's about uh, this, you know. This well, it, if you I I, I think it, that... the 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 ending.
2: Uh, and when I, see yeah, the I was ending say ending the DLC, I mean the 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 interaction mm. with the the prisoner.
0: It yeah. is absolutely
2: yeah. that.
3: Yeah, me, it's great. It's great. Uh, I'm not really criticising it. I'm just I'm just, You're trying, just to, it, yeah, I'm trying to
0: playing devil's advocate in cynical fashion.
3: Extract what it is that <laughs> I, really resonated with me and why I'm so fascinated by the well, game. And I yeah. think it's more that stuff to be honest. Yeah, yeah,
1: I I do remember when the when you have that communication with the prisoner and you reveal what what's all happened and how his actions have led to you interacting with him and, and uh, the no-mine, all that sort of stuff. And he just lets out a roar of relief.
0: <laughs> I think, yeah. doesn't he have to do... Does, it isn't He makes that noise to actually activate something, doesn't he? Sure. I'm not even sure. Oh, yeah. It's a bit
3: confusing, the end of the DLC. Mm. Let's be fair, because you kind of get out of there and then you're just dumped on the shore in the simulation. You're like, well do I, is it over? What it, do I, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, I think that, that I agree they could that, finesse yeah. that a tiny bit. That's only mm. a minor, minor. But the
0: payoff yeah. is, is in the final yeah, little picture is, yeah. at the, the end thing, where yeah, yeah, you've, yeah. Added, you've added a whole other species to the future of the mm. cosmos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sean S. Thomas from the forum says, it's not very often a game comes along and feels wholly original, baffling, rewarding, and or inspiring. But for me, Outer Wilds did all of those things. It asks a lot of you, and those first hours are confusing. Your ship seems uncontrollable. The options in front of you are overwhelming. Inertia and gravity clash. Your flimsy spacesuit breaks multiple times. However, slowly but surely, you begin to notice things. Is that there before? Is that planet changing? Is there a clue in this text? What does this device do? What if I wait here for 17 minutes and see what occurs? And the game begins to make you feel euphoric as your ship's log fills in and at times a genius which sadly i'm not and this aspect is perhaps the one sticking point for me i'm not sure i'm smart enough to fathom some of what's happening here and whilst i avoided using a guide for 20 plus hours i eventually succumbed to having a peak during the end game because i knew where i needed to go and what i had to do i just couldn't chain it together and find certain locations i'd happened across weeks ago i pity early reviewers of this who didn't have a guide or a friend to ask But it's a minor blip that I won't let spoil, a game that is on a higher plane to almost anything else I've ever played. The ideas, vision, direction and mechanics in this game are mind-boggling. The way you open doors through sight, the way language displays itself, the claustrophobia I felt as caves filled with sand or I panicked as my fuel tank ran low. Sci-fi, films and games spend a lot of time in space but largely do things you could do on earth like shooting and racing. So space rarely feels scary, big, isolating, alien. This was the closest I've felt to being in 2001, a space odyssey or interstellar. The closest I've felt to being a scientific genius. The closest I'll ever get to venturing into our solar system. At the heart of this game is time. It makes you appreciate what you can do in 20 minutes, how important those fleeting moments of contact with friends are, how important it is to pass on information. And this galaxy is a constant, heart-racing threat. But there are no guns or enemies. Instead, it's littered with black holes that throw you into space, oxygen tanks that run low, or tantalising exits just out of reach. And as those musical notes that tell you it's all about to begin again emerge, you lose control of your calm and frantically try to scan one last item. I'm lost for words at what Outer Wilds achieves, and amazed someone could conceive something this big. Mind-blowing. I think it will stay with me for a long, long time. So we've kind of already uh, talked a lot about Echoes of the Eye because, as with the DLC itself, it has intertwined itself. With the podcast and time being what it is, I'll crack straight on with Stakes' contribution from the forum, who says, I love stargazing and reading about planets, black holes, solar systems and pondering the cosmos. So putting all that in a game seemed perfect. And it was. I fell in love with it, was obsessed with, it, uh, with playing it for about a week straight. I remember having that feeling where I just wanted to get work finished as soon as I could so I could get home and try something I'd thought of during the day, experiment with some idea for a room I couldn't figure out or just explore more of the solar system's secrets. The whole thing kept delivering revelations at a steady pace as I progressed through the game and each step brought with it a sense of wonder and joy that I'd rarely experienced playing an exploration game. There are a few times I must admit that I got a little frustrated at not knowing where to go next and I did peek at a guide once or twice. But those moments were few and far between and reaching the ending felt like a real accomplishment, which wrapped up the story nicely. Two years later, I was so excited to jump into Outer Wilds universe again. I loaded it up and after a while of messing around, I managed to find a few clues that would lead me to the new content. It was at first really exciting. It felt like all that wonder and mystery all over again. And the concept was classic sci fi with a really cool environment that feels very immersive. And I was not expecting this game to be so scary. There were some spooky moments in the base game, for sure. But Echoes of the Eye really leaned into that, which gave it a distinct feel. I loved it. It worked really well. And the spooks were genuinely unsettling. But I have to say there was a bit more frustration this time around which left me feeling a bit less enamoured with the game. There were some stealthing segments that took place in extremely dark environments, which had to be restarted if you made a mistake. There were also a few times when discoveries led to me unveiling something I already knew, or a clue pointing to another location. I understand this is the core of the game, but the base game did a very good job of hiding this behind various conceits that made it feel natural for you to explore the different locations one after the other. At one point in the DLC, I felt like I was simply ticking off waypoints and that put a bit of a dent in the illusion. That being said, there were some really excellent world upending moments in this DLC. I won't spoil things, but a few of the secrets you can find are really surprising and you can even stumble upon them by complete accident, although I never did, which is sure to give a few players a shock along the way. Outer Wilds was a 10 out of 10 game for me, probably my favourite of 2019. Echoes of the Eye was a tasty snack of an extra, but it had too much frustration for me to really fall in love with it. I won't go too much into it, but um, they went for some interesting uh, trophy ideas and uh, achievement scores, 55 points, 36 points and things like that. I guess there's probably a reasoning behind it all. Uh, Most of them are secret achievements that pop up when you get them, a lot of them in unusual circumstances. Uh, such as eat 10 burnt marshmallows die within 60 seconds of waking up these are the more likely ones that you'll get Uh, pick up all traveler instruments simultaneously with your signal scope so really uh, yeah and there's a lot more that are kind of um, uh, they may emerge or they may not Uh, i think it would be an interesting way to play it would be to to go back and and play it like look up all the secret achievements and find out how to get them the one i got from the dlc the only one that i've got so far is called the silent cartographer with the silenced cartographer which is where when you go and um, look for the uh the the ring uh from the satellite you knock the satellite into <laughs> off its <laughs> off its orbit uh <laughs> and uh and y- you can no longer um use the map once that's happened as well oh really yeah, yeah, yeah. Maps maps down because yeah. That's amazing. Oh yeah.
3: I loved oh there's so yeah. It's, yeah. it's that just speaks to the philosophy of the design team. And maybe this mm-hmm. is a like a young game maker thing, isn't it? It's like, oh let's do that because we don't know that we can't. Yeah. And there's yeah. there's no producer necessarily telling us, oh, that's gonna be impossible. Or, No, Mm. you know, because the technical leads were young as well, so they were like, "Well, let's just make sure we can do it."
0: Yeah, there's a huge consistency to the to this world. They were talking also on the on the documentary about how when you jump in this game, it's not you going up; it's the planet going down, stuff like
3: that. The whole solar system. The whole
0: solar system goes away from you. Yeah, the universe.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah,
0: there's also a fun time you can have. Uh there's a uh, a video on YouTube which is the developers watching a speed run of outer Wilds mm. now obviously in theory uh as as we alluded to earlier, you can actually solve you could if yeah if you were some kind of savant potentially theoretically solve the game in one loop. you don't have to know anything to unlock anything else so it's not really a metroidvania in that sense you don't need a key to open a door right i think you can no, go no. you can go from loop one straight to the end uh, uh, is that true sp- is that true Speedrunners yeah.
3: don't though the speedrunners th- deliberately jump off a cliff after getting the launch right close. i don't know okay. why but I think oh they- that's
0: because oh, it opened- so they don't
2: have to do the intro right
0: yeah no uh,
3: something else changes but i cannot remember what it's mm. does it
0: unlock sleeping at campfire I think um because then they sleep um yes. too late later in the time. I think yeah. sleeping at campfire was added it was, beyond, yeah, it was after in. after launch. So and I think it helps you because you can fast forward time then. Yeah. Uh yeah. anyway, yes, so you can you can clock this game in around ten minutes. I don't know what the current world record is, but it was ten minutes twenty one seconds. I'm not sure if that's still that was February twenty twenty. I bet someone's beaten it since then. But yeah, it's fun watching the developers uh, seeing their game approached in that way uh, well worth checking out but I don't recommend finishing this game in 10 minutes or indeed uh, in 10 hours I think um, yeah even my 30 plus hours was too brief for for it to be but there is that issue as as was uh, spoken about by uh, Firestakes I think it was or, or someone at one of our correspondents anyway talking about how if you play it for so long it's even though you've got your your ship's log and and your rumors and and all this kind of thing it can be quite hard to remember where you saw something even more so than a regular kind of metroidvania type game when did I, you know where was i when i saw that thing three months ago when i was on that planet that i ended up through this weird intricate cave system or i teleported myself there or it can i yeah i mean probably depends on how spelt. uh not spelt supple. Your brain is. <laughs> I mean, that that um, is
3: something that the deck DLC is 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 considerably different. It is a tighter package yeah. all around. Yeah.
0: Self-contained yeah. Uh, to an extent, yes, and a little more linear in some ways. Yeah. We also have some three-word reviews. We did reach out, as they say, to the developers, but we didn't hear back. Sometimes we do for a three-word review. You'll just have to make do with some of our Twitter followers
1: we got uh, Tales from the Backlog. Frustrating oxygen low.
0: Paul says, Ah! <laughs> crashed again. <laughs> nice. Once more with feeling, Josh. Uh, Sean S. Thomas says, To boldly go. Star Trek, there you go.
3: Christopher Love says, Try, try again.
1: Mauricio M.M. says, Dreadful, beautiful space.
2: Pecan
0: Pie says,
2: Anglerfish horror game.
0: Biggie says, praise the sun. <laughs> we almost got there. We almost got to the end of the show, uh, I think, without any no, FromSoft. It, I mentioned it with oh, meta- did you? Metacritics. <laughs> Edit Ed, all mentions out one of these shows, Jay. And no more Dark Souls, no more FromSoft. <laughs> or Super Meat Boy.
3: V- Vito Belochkin Bolo- says, mesmerizing immersive adventure. And
1: uh, Brooker Doodle says, 14.3 billion tears.
0: <laughs> and a link to the uh, the closing music which uh, we will close the show with please maestro Jay. so to summarize for the final time in our 10th volume of podcasts i'm going to go first not because i'm especially negative on the game at all but because i don't believe i had the best experience of it because uh well it's my own doing really Despite that, despite having to cram it a bit and uh, not getting the DLC done, having to resort to a guide, I still come away from this game inordinately impressed and I can totally understand why people feel so warmly towards it because I think the game feels warmly towards its players, despite some scary bits, some challenging bits and, yeah, a real definitely the the need for a, a flexible supple mind that can kind of leap through time and go around corners and uh join things up that really don't seem very joined up um yeah it, it at times it made myself feel very smart and uh, and at other times uh really quite the opposite uh when i found out the solutions to some of the puzzles and i think there is there is some room for improvement in terms of. Um, sort of player direction and communication with the player. But I think they're treading a fine line. And I I think they are successfully treading at this point. Uh, Obviously, I haven't replayed post this most recent chunky update, but it sounds from the patch notes like they're being really careful to keep the essence of this game, which is quite demanding and uh, obscure and um, opaque. In a way that does hark back, as I say, while I don't think the developers would have had any, I, I, I mean, I, I suspect somebody's said to them, did you know about this game, Damocles? Maybe. Did you know about this game, Captain Blood? But I'm sure they had no influence whatsoever. But I do think it's appropriate. Not only is the some of the mechanics and the, and the sort of subject matter of, of those games echoed in Outer Wilds, but also... Old computer games from that era from the late eighties early nineties in terms of the lack of hand holding and guiding by the nose and uh and the old golden arrow, but yeah, um just a mighty mighty achievement from a small team um even though it is it may be seven eight years of projects all duct taped together uh, it comes across as this uh create this pretty magical thing that yes, not everyone will adore but everyone i think should at least uh look into experiencing chris
1: well there's nothing new under the sun I refer back to your uh, uh harking back to older games but yeah the one thing that really struck me about this game after finishing and putting down a controller and staring at the screen as the credits rolled about two years ago not now because of dlc but um was how I realised that how many criticise video games in their inability to tell or communicate a, a, a robust and uh, profound narrative. Outer Wilds dispels that. Type of thing. It is unique in its ability to communicate a, describe or deliver, or whatever one is used, words you want to use, a story that only video games could possibly do. No other medium could deliver a story in the way that Elder Wilds does. And that's really important. Really important. And this is one of the many, many reasons why I rate this game so highly, despite its faults. There are many, and I'm not going to ignore them. There is barriers of entry, the control of the the ship and yourself uh, is difficult. It is, um, but I, I, and I'm not the greatest video game player in the world. But I managed to get through it. Um, so um, if I'm, you know, if I'm capable of doing it, then so should many others. But that's really my takeaway, and that's what I want to share with everyone: is that if you want to know about what video games can really do with narrative and storytelling and glomming onto with very little text very little text, and yet one of the most profound stories I've ever experienced, to the point where it even asks the really difficult question.
2: Chris, I'm really sorry to be that person, but you need to play Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll say. <laughs> uh,
0: but not it's Dark the Souls one Street. we'll revisit uh, again. Right. Tom?
3: Yeah, so... <sighs> This is this is really hard. It is a first and foremost it is just as a a feat of software design. You know, this team, this young team brimming with ideas and fearlessness. Um overall my feeling is just like wow, what an achievement. I can't believe they did this. Isn't it brilliant that that w- this group of people can push the medium stretch it so far in in one direction um just design and 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 puzzles and the 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 way that puzzles are constructed around knowledge and just the, the the sleight of hand you know you enter the the bay of the the dlc the first time and there's only one entrance that you can see but if you explore you find a door on the dam that takes you down an elevator you just walk out from a thing and suddenly you're back at your ship and you're like, yeah. I had no idea that was there. But they they do that again and again and again. They, they hide things in plain sight that when you discover them, if you don't hit them by accident, sometimes you hit them by accident and it's a great feeling and, it, and it's this this great um, discovery anyway. But if you find that piece of knowledge that then you access that that, that thing that was previously in plain sight, that feeling of just an ever expanding world is so precious and that i think is possibly the the best thing that i take away from it but also as a cosmic horror game um you know that the it literally this game affects my body i am so terrified of the the black hole and the being, floating out in space and there's so many aspects to it that the, the physics the astrophysics of the universe is so scary to me um and this lets me kind of indulge that in a self in a safe way and that's just another reason i love it um yeah it, the the barriers to entry in terms of recommendation is a really tricky one because it is so person specific so dependent on the person you were recommending on to um but anyone who thinks that they'll get on with the controls and um, that, that that they can they enjoy a point and click adventure games, they enjoy those leaps of logic, and they have a curious spirit. In video games, you always turn around and take the other path and look what was there. Okay, normally it's a mm. t- treasure chest. You always look behind the waterfall, but in this mm. game, looking behind the waterfall reveals a massive. You know, quantum thing system. that goes down a thing and then you get in a spaceship and suddenly you're halfway across the solar system and you don't know how you got there. And then the sun explodes. And, you know, so, so the way it rewards curiosity and that, that internal consistencies we've talked about, just uh, it blows my mind. I'm not even sure other games could copy it. I, it's such a kind of foundational thing of this team and the way they think. I don't think you could apply that to other games in quite the same way and it have the same return on investment. Um, and it is an investment. It's a long game. Your brain gets sucked all the way down into it and your mind is is puzzling over these things. Um, and as well, the DLC, the way it draws... As soon as you discover the dark world, you just want to get back there. You're like, what is this? I'm terrified, but it's so interesting. And like, what is this crazy thing? And then as those layers get pulled back, it seems even more an amazing feat of just pen and paper design when they sat down and, and thought about how they were going to do this and obviously it was iterative and um, you know they went through several different prototypes so yeah just impressed just massively impressed at the design achievement and then on a personal level kind of titillated by the horror of uh, the ter- the existential terror and how that makes my body just seize up um, which is still a fun thing to take away you know maybe I didn't tear up at the ending I don't take away quite that kind of bigger message uh um it didn't quite hit me that way but it doesn't matter because there's I still took yeah. away a really powerful emotional feeling still so um massive recommendation but only if you think you can you can you can meet those sort of barriers to entry
0: Cool thanks Tom let's finish this year's podcasts with a conclusion from Josh Um I've,
2: I've. So this isn't the last issue that listeners would have heard, but it is the last issue that I was on. I've really swung from one extreme to another, going from Lisa to this game (laughs) in terms of my own personal enjoyment. Authorial Um, intent. (laughs) Yeah, to, to to go from a game that is so philosophically putrid to me to something where it felt like. You know when you have those moments with art and media where you, you feel like this was made for me, like specifically made for me. Um that's how I feel about the Outer Wilds. There's the the gameplay stuff, like I, I really value that the the thing that um Tom and, and Chris were talking about um earlier in the, the issue about the kinesthetic feeling of the outer wilds—that's something I really value about—and realizing more and more, I really value about games the 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 feeling of interacting directly with something. The it's the reason why Journey feels so great to me in a way that other walking simulators don't, because there's that feeling of kinesthetic uh, velocity and interaction with the 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 sand and all of that Mm. stuff that that makes it a a step above for me um and it's it thematically it's focused on on an area that i'm already like i have like that kid love for space and exploration and monsters frankly as well like the the anglerfish Mm. and the owl the deer owls are are great (laughs) um just in, in terms of like like activating that primal kid terror mm. that you know sometimes is the most effective kind of terror oh, yeah. um but then also that more grown up more existential terror of the the scale of things the universe and everything but all of that stuff is rooted in a value system and a conclusion that really speaks to my ethics and speaks to my Feelings on science, the fe- my feelings on culture, on art, and the value of everything that we do on this planet. Everything comes to an end. We're all going to die. Who cares? Let's gather around a campfire and sing a song. Let's just enjoy the present, regardless of what the future holds. And I think this is a profound piece of work. I know, uh, like this. Some people will view this as hyperbole. I think this is a masterpiece. Genuinely, uh, you know, warts and all. Like it has a few warts, but I, for me, like it's just part of it. For me, it's part of the, it's part of the whole. And um, to to kind of cover up or mask those warts is kind of like that that painting of um, Jesus <laughs> that you know it, it, you take away. Um, when you remove the imperfections. Mm -hmm. Um, I
0: adore this game. It's one of my favourite games of all time. Very good. Well, uh, so for Year 10, Volume 10, it's Issue 500, but actually if you include every extra that we've done, even more if you add in Sound of Play and the extras of that, uh, it's a lot of podcasts. But, yeah, uh, as a milestone, we thought we'd mark this one it's been 10 years 500 shows 50 a year but we're not stopping there are already plans afoot well in well in place in fact for next year 2022 because while we're here it's worth doing things right because they're fun and uh, as we were talking about so it remains for me leon to thank chris josh tom editor jay and our correspondents for this podcast All of you for listening to any and every show that you listen to throughout 2021. They are all still available on the website, extended versions on the Patreon. If you sign up for two dollars a month, you can listen to them on Spotify as well. We have a growing number of listeners on there. That goes for our whole backlog as well, not just this year, but uh, the previous nine years are all still available to be downloaded and enjoyed. I want to thank everyone who's contributed to the show, all of our regular contributors and our guests throughout 2021. And what game are we covering in the next show in January? Well, I'm not going to tell you. Issue 501 is to be announced, along with the rest of the volume. If you're a Patreon, you may already be able to find out by listening to a special podcast that Jay and I are going to record imminently. If it's not there now, it will be there soon and you get to find out first. If you're not a Patreon, you'll have to wait a bit longer to find out. But until next time, thank you for listening again and we'll see you in volume 11.